Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com. I believe that I have a word for somebody. I would like you to give me your attention. I, I, uh, I promise you, I, uh, I think I told Jeremiah I was only going to preach for six minutes. Uh, I'm going to talk for 40, but I'm only going to preach for six. But before that, I, I think I have a word. I don't know if it's for this service or the next service, so I'm going to. I wrote it out, and I don't know who this is for, but somebody I believe needs this. Maybe all of us need it. Listen closely. No explanation is needed to those who love you for what you're going through. They just know. No explanation is needed to give to those that love you. They just know. And your enemies will not receive any explanation for what you are experiencing. So what somebody's going through, those that love you, you don't have to explain. And your enemies wouldn't take God as an excuse. So you just do whatever you want to do with that. I uh, appreciate the offer of Pastor Brother Garrison was supposed to be here last week and someone asked me why he wasn't here. Well, he had to have quick surgery. And so... Brother Holderman filled in last week, and I, you're stuck with me this week. So, so is that okay? Yeah. We're glad to have some faces that I don't recognize. If you don't know me, I'm Ken Duke. Uh, I used to pastor this church 100 years ago. I know it don't look, I don't look that old. I look like I'm 42. Yeah. I'll be 69 years old in a few days. And... Uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm 89 on the inside. Sometimes I feel like I'm 42. Anybody in my age bracket understand? <laughs> some days you say, yeah, hey man, let's go. And some days you say, oh, let's wait till 10 for breakfast. <laughs> you know? uh, so I, I, I want to share, I, I believe this is from, sometimes we preach from here. Sometimes I think we need to preach from here. So I, I hope you will receive my message today because it's from here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I'm going to talk about hope. Hope. Where are we without it? Jeremiah showed me a joke about somebody, Moses broke the tablets because he's going to rewrite the commandments in King James. And uh, I, I used King James in Bible college back in the 70s. And I had a professor said, if you bring that Bible to class one more time, I'm going to flunk you. <laughs> So I had to get his Bible was a New American Standard Version. That's what I had to use in his class and all references from the NASV. And uh, I was reading that Bible one day and reading the mark that man hasn't given up houses or homes or brothers or sisters that God won't repay in this life. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I'm going to give you a new house. Jackie gave up her dream home for me to go to Bible college. And, and I jumped up and went in the kitchen and says, God's going to give you a brand new house. And a few years later, we were living in a $100 a month house I was renting from an Amishman. 
that had been sitting empty for years. I never told my kids that the reason it was empty is because the man the Amishman bought it from had committed suicide in the living room. So my kids didn't know that while they were living there. I wasn't going to tell them. And, uh, and the Amishman bought it for the ground to farm. And I had a knock on the back door one day, and it was a retired Methodist minister who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues, because we were friends. And he was in his mid-70s. He said, I bought this parcel of ground for the purpose of my retirement. And it would really help me, you kids, it would help me out if you kids had built a new house in my addition that I'm going to develop. Right? We said, well, we'd have to pray about that. <laughs> you know, he, and he told us, he says, I'll, I'll help you with a down payment. I'll help you with the blueprints. I'll find a contractor for you. I'll give you a great deal on the lot. I just know if I get a nice home in there that my addition will take off. And whenever he left, we thought, Lord, we'll do this. <laughs> and we jumped up and down and danced and run around the kitchen. And, and, and God give us a brand new house. And that was while reading the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Go figure. <laughs> Jeremiah, go figure. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. English Standard Version. Or whatever she's got up there. The greatest is love. Yet Paul mentions faith and hope. Faith and hope, faith and hope. Faith is towards God. Give me an amen. Now, you know, I'll preach shorter and, and better if you'll help me once in a while. You know, I'm from the South. Help me. Faith is in God, right? Get this. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in God who holds this universe in the width and the breadth of his hand and yet can live in my heart. My faith is in God, okay? Faith is not in my faith. It's in what God can do. Now, hope. Hope is on behalf of myself. I'm not speaking selfishness. I'm not self-centeredness. No, 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 no. I'm speaking of the knowing that God is for me and not against me. Has anybody, come on, we're family this morning, and you folks that are, are new to me and I'm new to you, let's just be family. Have you ever thought God was against you? I have. I have. But I, I begin to realize over time that God is... Sometimes when hard things come, God is making me. He's not trying to break me. Okay? The knowing that where I am is not where I'm going to stay gives me hope in this present life and especially in the one to come. Hope is the expectation of something good in the present as well as in eternity. Psalms 39, 7, and now, Lord, what wait I for? That's the good old King James. My hope is in Thee. My desire is in Thee. My expectation is in You, Lord, and, and that's what I'm waiting on because I know if You're not against me and You're for me that you got everything under control. Hope is a fundamental element of the Christian faith. These words for hope and in Psalms both mean expectation and confidence that's what they both expectation and confidence now the message the paraphrase the message in 1 corinthians 13 13 says so now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love without faith we can't please god amen without faith i can't please god without hope in the present expectation without hope in the present 
and the hope of eternity in heaven, we have difficulty enduring some of the things in this life. You with me? I, I, I don't know if I could go on if I didn't have hope. Because this whole world is a mess. Remember Oral Roberts? My mom had a little saying he sent her, cost him a nickel, a little plastic plaque, but it sure encouraged my mom when she said, something from heaven's coming in 77, 1977. Some of you don't, weren't born then. Well, maybe this crowd, some of you were, except Scotty and Millie. You, you weren't born yet. Eh, Kyle, I don't know. <laughs> You're looking, looking pretty old there, Kyle. It's good to have you guys this morning. And all Roberts built a ministry on something good is going to happen. Something good is about to happen. And it depends on how we take an outlook because the old saying is still true. My attitude affects my altitude. Without faith, we can't please God. Love is how we reflect God and how we govern ourselves in this world. You know, uh, Janet used to tell me, Everything comes in your head. You don't have to speak. <laughs> you know why? She's right. <laughs> Love governs us. Yeah. Love governs how I talk. I, I can't stop the thoughts from coming, but I can keep them from growing a garden in there. And because it come, I don't have to always speak it out. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Love is how I reflect God to a world and how I govern myself in this world. But hope, this concept of hope, is what I'm looking at today. We need hope. Amen. Man, we need hope. We need hope. Hope. I expect a future. By love, I won't be like Jesus. I want him to be reflected in the image that I portray to a hurting world. By faith, I trust God. I love extravagantly. And I hope. How about this one? God knows his thoughts towards us. And that of peace. Not evil. And our end result is exactly what God intended. Jeremiah 29, 11, Duke paraphrase. I know the thoughts I think towards you to bring you to an expected end. And sometimes I've got to look at the end results. Boy, have you had your coffee this morning? Ask your neighbor, have you had your coffee this morning? Are you asleep? I don't know. You can go back on Facebook and watch this, and it'll help your afternoon nap. <laughs> are, are, okay, you are awake. I know it's early. I know it's early. But right now, I want to submit to you. I want to submit to you right now, our world. If one sees any news, the rioting, the destruction of property, the destruction of life, just for no reason, randomly, people come up and shooting people on the sidewalk, <clears throat> the, 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 the lack of care of life. People are, are living in this world and the present circumstances seemingly without any hope of change. These people don't have Jesus and they're living without any hope. <laughs> If my grandmother got her medicine at the local Walgreens, I wouldn't want to burn it down. That's where my grandma gets her blood pressure medicine. 
So why would someone destroy what's helping them? I, I submit to you they're living without any hope that their life is ever going to get any better, their life's ever going to change. And man, we need a Holy Ghost, God-sent revival to this nation. We need a revival. These people are living without hope. Godly hope. They're destroying their present, their present time, their present circumstances because they hate it. But godly hope runs after the good. Amen? When I got godly hope, I run after what's positive. Our world, people are hurting. A famous sports figure, who I won't call his name, he made a statement along the lines of this, when will I ever be loved? When will I ever be loved? Indicating I'm not accepted. I mean, he only makes 80 to 90 million dollars a year because I looked it up. And I'm going to tell you something, I could suffer for Jesus on 90 million a year. I'd even pay 50% taxes. Wouldn't bother me. I'd like to try it for one year. I'd just try it for one year. Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. His money's not buying him hope. His money, my middle grandson played basketball where his son flew in to play ball. And they, they were hot shots. And the money is not buying fulfillment of the soul because there's only one thing that will fill the hole inside of you. And money won't do it. Hope. Where's his hope? Where's the fulfillment in the soul? Money and fame are not the source. Money and fame aren't the source. Question. What's your hope quotient? What's your hope meter? Where's it registering today? Where's hope at in your life? Has hell regurgitated on you? Are the circumstances so overwhelming you don't know which way to turn? What's going on in your life? Does your inner conversations go along this line? I don't think I can do this or make it. How you talk to yourself is very important. How you talk. Is anybody here not talk to yourself? You know, every once in a while we all want to have an intelligent conversation. So we talk to ourselves. No, so is there anybody that doesn't talk to themselves? We all do. And how I talk to myself. I can talk myself into failure. Or I can talk myself into getting up and facing the storms of life. Especially when I know that God is for me and not against me. What's your inner conversation like? Or does it follow along the lines as my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And I know that there's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. I belong to him. He belongs to me. And I'm his. And nothing can happen to me today without passing through my father's hands. God and you are a majority. In Jesus, I will not only survive, I will thrive. We say God is still on the throne and he reigns. Listen to this. Listen to this little verse. 
1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That word hope there, now I'm not a Greek scholar, I just look them up that are Greek scholars. And they tell me this word hope here in 1 Peter 3.15 means anticipate with pleasure. Now let's, let's get down where the rubber hits the road. How many of you anticipate with fear? How many of you anticipate the worst? Oh, nobody? Well, I guess that's enough. Oh, well, two hands went up, so we'll keep going. You see, sometimes, sometimes I, I got to get down on my knees and just be honest with God and say, God, what the enemy's throwing at me right now, I need a little help with. Need a little help with this, Lord. I'm trying to anticipate with pleasure, but I'm battling. And he will not be late. He will not be late. Sometimes, sweetie, I wish he'd hurry up. I've even asked him, would you hurry up? With God, the speed limit is unlimited. But his timing is not always my timing. That's where my faith kicks in, that I trust him, and I have hope that God is still on my team. Amen? Amen. To be able to fulfill this statement by Peter, to, to be able to rock solidly in the depths of my heart, fulfill this statement, to give an answer for the reason I'm keeping faith, moving forward, why I've been through the fire, and why I've been through the battle, and I keep on living for God, I have to have hope i got to have hope to be able to give a reason. I anticipate that God is going to help me. There is a battle I'm going through right now, but I believe I'm not fighting that battle alone. Yes, it is difficult, but the bottom line is my hope is not in what I can see or what I can feel, but what I know in the depths of my being because I have a relationship with the King of Kings. How, what, how much time do I have? I'm going to read you something. Well, we got more folks coming in here in a minute, I think. I, I want to read you something. This was a text sent to me. I won't read the names. A friend of mine texted this to me after Janet passed. As they took back to surgery, this man's wife, I was thinking of you and I'm reminded of Job, faithful servant of God, tested. All his life, including his children, were killed. Job remained faithful and God completely restored him. I read that and I thought, oh man, that's dangerous trying to compare me to Job. We've all had our Job experiences, haven't we? Oh. I need to have hope. Not sure about that compared to Job. Didn't think of my life in that way. But he did. So should our life reflect hope? Even in hard places? 
Because when we don't think, other people are looking at our life. Did you catch that? Maybe even when circumstances are hard and we falter and we fall down and we skin, get skinned up by life, hope is still there. Just because I got scabs on my knees and my elbows hurt from getting skinned up doesn't mean I've lost hope. As a matter of fact, it means I'm in the battle. Job had his moments. I think I've read Job once or twice. Or <clears throat> anybody, anybody been in the, in the valley and just read Job over and over and over? Well, when the dust settled, Job kept his faith. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the, fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We must acknowledge our hope. Must come from deep inside of us. You know, I can say anything. But if what I say matches what's in here, we got something. Hello? The confession of our hope comes from that deep relationship. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Oh, Paul, why did you have to write that? I mean, Paul must have been having a, he's either super spiritual that day or something, I don't know, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, Lord help me, and patience experience, and experience hope. There's that anticipation with pleasure again in the middle of tribulation. I don't understand that. When I'm in tribulation, I want to knock somebody's teeth out. I guess I got a ways to go. You know, don't, don't look down on me. David said it too in the Psalms. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The tense of the verbiage in verse 2 literally reads like this We do now rejoice. We do now rejoice. That's why sometimes I've got to lift up the heavy hands and lift up the downbeat voice or the voice that's been beat down. And I'm going to tell you, in my life, I've served God since uh, 1973. I don't think there's ever been a time that whenever I was beat down that I put on the garment of praise, that I decided to lift up the heavy hands, that God didn't lift me up. Now, I'm not telling you the battle didn't come back an hour later. But I'm going to tell you, when I was worshiping him, the burden was lifted. Hello. So in the middle of tribulation, we rejoice right now. David said, seven times a day will I praise him. I was out to eat with an old evangelist a few years ago, and his alarm went off on his phone. I said, what's that? He said, I got my alarm set so seven times a day I can give him praise. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know you could set the same alarm seven times, and he's, he's 90 years old, so he, he's way ahead on technology than I am. I can choose to emphasize the tribulation or the hope of getting out of it. Which do you choose to emphasize? I want out. So I'm going to emphasize the praise. I want out. How about you? I, I want my journey to go on a different, different vein. Beloved, let the Holy Spirit work in us. Something deep, deep in the innermost part of man so that when the eyes and the heart see pain, when the eyes and the heart see doubt and see no earthly reason to rejoice now, but the Holy Spirit deep inside of us stirs a hope and in the present time gives us a reason to stand in hope that God is going to lead us out. We may not understand things, and things happen that we don't understand. But the foundation we have is faith in God, and we have an eternal hope. And all this reflects the love of God towards us, and the world is hurting, and they want to see how we are handling our tribulations and our difficulties. Rejoice in hope in the glory of the Lord. That's what he said. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Throughout the New Testament, Paul recalls his suffering and that of others. He also speaks of some of the downfalls, the mistakes, the sins. But the emphasis is I've never been destroyed. Been beat, been shipwrecked. Oh, wretched man that I am. I do things I don't want to do, go where I don't want to. I, I, I mess up, but I'm not destroyed. Anybody here never messed up? Anybody here mess up a lot? Anybody thankful for grace and mercy? Whew, boy. There is grace and there is forgiveness. I keep marching in hope and faith and love. And the greatest of them is love, yes, but boy, I need some hope. He's saying far from being destroyed, rather my hope has been strengthened. That's strange. Suffering has made me strong, made me endure hardship, and I'm learning to do, this, to do this cheerfully and patiently like a good soldier. Suffering has tested me and deepened my character. Well, you know, I'd like to try the 90 million a year to strengthen my character. <laughs> just Anybody want to try that? Yeah. Of course, we're just flesh and bone and human beings. Get this now, please get this. Get, get this. Hardship has proven to me God is still on his throne. Well, how has hardship proved that God is still on his throne? I may not understand it, but my hope and my faith is in God that never sleeps and is always available to listen to me whenever I need to talk. And what is meant? Beloved, God knows the world we live in. He understands the wounds of a friend, the loss of a loved one, the pain of being rejected by those close to you, the pain of divorce. Today I'm speaking to real people with real circumstances that hurt and have been abused. Come on. We all know somebody that a spouse is abused. Real people that have been betrayed. People have tried to raise their children and they go in the wrong directions. The tribulations that some are experiencing right now, the tribulations are beatable. We're able to overcome them. When we are sustained by hope and expectation that God is for me and not against me. 
When faith and hope in God are placed firmly in Him, these difficulties will only serve to fortify the very hope that God designed, that the enemy designed to destroy me, God is going to use to strengthen me. I've been in a battle. I've been in a valley. I've been in hard places. And in the middle of them, hope sustains. But if you keep walking, somewhere it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley. Yea, though I walk, I put one foot in front of the other. Yea, when my heart aches, I feel abandoned. I feel nobody's for me. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if anybody cares. Time is against me. My pain in my body is against me. But somehow or another, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I keep on walking. And whenever I do that, somehow, some way, God brings me out on the other side, and I'll either wake up in eternity, or I wake up in victory in this life in the present. Hope. Get this. Hardships come, but they prove to me that God is for me. Those things that the enemy says he's going to destroy you with, he's not going to destroy you with. He's not going to do it. Let me say it this way. Satan throws on that he has in hell at you. And you feel the weight of the attack, the pain in the soul, the anguish. Your head, your heart, your world is spinning. But the good habit, now get, get this, the good habit of picking that thing up called a Bible or your phone or your tablet or whatever doohickey you got to got the Bible on, the picking that thing up and hitting the button or turning the pages and the good habit, not all habits are bad, the good habit of picking that Bible up and reading it. Going to church. Lifting your voice in prayer. And the attack from hell causes you to square your shoulders and allows the nail-scarred hand to reach down and scoop you up and say, son, daughter, you're not alone. You're not alone. I love this verse. I've preached it for 40 years. He is the glory and the lifter of my head. I used to tell him all the time, sweetie, keep your chin up. Keep your chin up. Why? Because the psalmist says he's the glory and the lifter of my head. He comes along when our head is drooping and our shoulders are drooping and he puts his hand under our chin and he picks us up and says, the view is better up here. Come on, kid. My hope is eternal. God, say it with me. God, I can trust you. When I go through the water, I'm not going to drown. When I go through the fire, I'm not going to be burned. Why? Because God's on my side. Say, well, what happens when a loved one dies? I'm going to tell you what happens when a loved one dies. Brother Fole text me this. Wonderful for her, sorrowful for you. When a loved one dies, it's hurtful for us. But isn't that what we're trying to do when we 
have a church and we preach and we're trying to get people ready for heaven. Are you ready for heaven? Sir, ma'am, if you were to die right now and stand before God and he would say to you, squared, shouldered, and eyeball to eyeball, why should I let you into my heaven? What's your answer going to be? See, when we're a believer, we can say no weapon formed against me is going to win. I got a helmet and a salvation. I got the whole armor of God. If I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father that's going to intercede for me. And if I confess my sin, he's faithful just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me. And how about this one? How about this? when I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying in the perfect will of the Father. Hallelujah. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. I can pray in the Spirit and God can move mountains. Now listen, suffering in itself doesn't strengthen the character. It depends on the way I handle it or the way it handles me. So is what you're going through right now handling you? Or is what you're going through right now being handled by you? I used to have this verse on my Screens, first, first computer I ever had. Pastor Barry talked me into getting a computer. He said, oh, if you ever learn to study on a computer, you'll never go back to your... I said, leave me alone. Kid, leave me alone. I like, I like my desk. I like the books scattered all over my desk. I like my legal pads. I like two or three legal pads, and I write notes, and then I, 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 have, I have a stack of sermons this high written out on legal pads. He said, oh, if you ever learn to study on a computer, you'll never go back. Well, I love the computer. And Ruthie don't remember, but this is the screensaver she put up on my first computer. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And you know that your labor, your pain, your trouble, your weariness, is not in emptiness. He knows. He knows. Trials make or break us. We endure, persevere, and keep on, or we lay down and hell has a party. What are we going to do? Don't quit, beloved. I know. I have felt like, and you've heard me say this in the past, I, I have felt, you know, the Bible says there that the devil shoots fiery darts at us. I've had him get a machine gun and shoot spears at my mind. But that good habit of reading my Bible, I got knocked down a little bit. But I decided to pick that book up and start reading. I decided to get on my knees and start praying. I don't know about you, but I'm not a spiritual. Some people, whenever I'm in a jam, I pray a little more. Don't let hell rob you. Your hope is not in your ability. Why not? Because we generally make a mess of things. Anyway, can, huh? can, can, you, can you hope yourself out? No, but I'm going to tell you what. Our hope is in God. And God can do anything. <laughs> Lift up your hands. Come on, let's just do it right now. Lord. 
We just give you praise. We give you glory. We lift up hands. We lift up the hands that hang down. We just lift them up to you, God, because we know you're for us and you're not against us, God. And maybe somebody here is in a jam, in a hard place. They're in pain, emotional, physical. Maybe hell has regurgitated. Maybe there's circumstances. They just don't know what to do. But, God, we turn to you and we trust you. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, just tell him you love him. Take 10 seconds. Just tell him you love him and you trust him. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. What is hope? Trustful anticipation and expectation that God is going to fulfill his promise. Anticipation of the outcome. When a Bible college student back in 1977 sat in an old overstuffed chair with a stuffing hanging out of it and, 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 and didn't have two nickels to rub together and the Holy Ghost says, I'm going to give you a brand new house. And four years later, a man knocks on your door and the promises are fulfilled. Anticipation of the favorable outcome. Confidence that God has a plan for me. Hope for the Christian is more than hope for the unbeliever. The unbeliever will say, well, I got a feeling things are going to be okay. Well, the believer's got a knowing things are going to be okay. You know, let me just throw this in. What time is it, Joe? Oh, mercy. I got to get done. I don't know if pastor still got it, but 15 years ago, I bought a casket, and I brought it in here, and I got in it, and I had pictures taken of me in it and put them up on the screen, because when this life is over, life isn't over. Life isn't over. I got to hurry up. I got to get done here. In the late 70s. Praying, God spoke to my heart. He told me, the hotter the fire, the purer the gold. And he told me he was going to put me through the fire. And I remember distinctly telling him, I don't want to go. I said, I don't want to go. And he spoke back to me, because God talks to me like I talk. How about you? He how he talks to you. He talks to me like I talk. He says, if you don't go through the fire, I can't use you. Because I need to burn the dross off of you. So what's left, I can use. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. We'll be out of here in two minutes, I promise you. Well, maybe three. Is anybody going through something? Put it up and down. Come on. Put your hand up. Yep, 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 yep. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody look up here. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I got confidence that your faith is in God. I trust that you have hope in God. I believe you're going to make it. But you see, we gotta, we got to not just talk it. we got to have it way down in here. So I'm going to encourage you. Pick your word up and read it. Come on, find, find a promise. You find a promise and you say, I'm holding on to it. Because the Holy Spirit will illuminate that promise to you. He'll, 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 he'll make something come alive to you. And you can grab a hold of that and say, and you, then you can pray the scripture back to God. Say, God, you promised me. And you're going to make it. I've, I've read the end of the book, and you're going to make it. And I'm going to those of you that did not raise your hand, something's going to happen. I'm not looking forward to, to the trial, but I'm just telling you, trials come. That's life. And the world does not have the same way to handle the difficult that we do. We have hope in a God that can do something about it. So bow your head and close your eyes. Father, you've seen three or four hands went up in this congregation this morning. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. 
I come against the attack from hell that's attacking them. And Lord, I ask that you encourage them in the Lord. I pray, Father, that you would wrap your arms around them, pull them close to you, and whisper into their innermost being the promise that you are for them and you are not against them. God, I pray for them that you would encourage them, that you would illuminate a scripture to them, make it come alive to them, that they're going to make it. God, that you and them are a majority, that the weapon that's being used to attack them is actually going to be turned around and make them strong. Now lift your hands and give me praise. Come on. I bless you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. And I trust you, Lord. And my hope is in thee. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.